You're listening to the Misfit Island Podcast. I'm Felicia Bauckham. And I'm Najeda Shapotol. We are two misfits who are exploring the intersection of social political issues, current events, and the personal development industrial complex. Join us on this journey of exploration, whether or not you're a misfit. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Najeda. Just a quick note before we start the episode, episode 14. We wanted you to know that this episode was recorded in summer 2020. And we it was it's a pre-recorded episode. So it's something from last year, actually. And you're going to notice we wanted, I wanted to share that so you can get some context as to why we are having this conversation in the beginning, the conversation that we start with. Uh, so that you know we were in the middle of um, locking down or maybe about to open. So just wanted to make that note and I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello. Hello. How are things going today? I am doing well. How about you, Felicia? Well, I had a relaxing afternoon. I had a couple of cats in here in my space where I'm at and um one of them in a cleaning session, I guess she, uh, he decided that her head was dirty or he was just feeling particularly affectionate. So I got to witness that. But then when it came time for us to talk, I had to get up and that created a bit of stir. And so they've since left. I don't know where they are now. They're floating around. So it was <laughs> nice, though, to spend time with them. Yeah. Yeah. So here it's Miami is very hot extremely hot like it feels like i think it's like 91 last time i checked a little while ago 91 it feels like 102 the beaches are finally open today today was the first day because due to protests they had they kept because of the protests and curfews that were in place they kept delaying um the opening the beach well obviously that's after you know closing it and then the different phases um i think actually i think we were scheduled june 1st or something like that so i guess there was like a week delay or even maybe before i don't know but i know that when we started getting protests like most places around the country it kind of like um so i'm you know i'm like really tempted but i think i'm going to stay away (laughs) Well, I, I'm looking at a beach on my uh, one of my video monitors. I, there's a YouTube video. It's eight hours of rolling ocean. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's as close to a beach as I'm going to be. I'm three, four hours away from an actual beach. Yeah. And um, at this point in time, my spouse and I are not exactly gung-ho. Like, as much as we like to be at the beach and all that, we are not gung-ho about just like, well, we're going to take off and do this. No, no we're going to yeah. give it a bit more time. I don't know how much Definitely. more time, but we're going to give it more time. Definitely. And actually, I have to say that's for many things for myself, too, that I'm thinking, okay, like, when am I going to venture and go get that Manny and Petty? <laughs> when am right. I going to venture and get that haircut that I wanted to get done, be- you know, before COVID uh, shut everything down? You know what I mean? COVID-19. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually, and even like, I love the beach. I'm about, I would say no rush hour, about 
35, 40 minutes, 45 max um, away from the beach. But I just know it's going to be packed. So I've been mm-hmm. thinking maybe I have to go one day really early, like super, super early. And I don't know. I mean, and then, but I was actually thinking, you know, that you, which I understand, they actually want people to wear a mask on the beach. I don't know if I had heard somewhere that they were saying you didn't have to wear it underwater, but they don't want any tents, um, any canopy. And I was thinking, well, could you imagine this have a suntan that would? Hmm. I am thinking this is not like, uh, I don't know if I want to go to the beach and wear my mask the whole time. I mean, I know it's kind of petty, but still, could you imagine? Yeah, that that would be an <laughs> unusual beach experience. I don't think I'd want to do that either. I'm Me finding too. I don't want to Me do it too. around here anymore because yeah. it's so warm now. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, so today, um, Felicia and I, we're going to talk about this topic that um, it's pretty much, um, it's about how in our culture, we are pretty much taught to, to succeed and to be the, like the best It's this whole thing of being the best, which I am all for us being go-getters and getting things done and going after our goals and achieving our goals and, you know, realizing our dreams. I just have to say personally, I've had a bit of a, an issue and I have not been able to fully embrace the idea that I have to be the best at something. I believe in about being the best for myself um, because I also think that it creates this whole competition mm-hmm. and I actually uh, I don't know it may have been almost three years now where I did a Facebook live on my personal page on Facebook around this topic although I talked about why women were competing with each other and I kind of like was talking about the <coughs> sorry I don't know what's going on with me and my throat today. Um, with um, women, how we compete with each other. But that's not really the topic for today. But it's just that I was sharing about how we're constantly told that we have to be the best. And the example that I gave, which for me, that's what triggered this um, having to have that conversation on my fa- on a Facebook Live three years ago and asking, you know, telling Felicia, how about if we have this conversation here? Um, Not looking at it exactly in the same angle, like women only, but um, is I had an experience. I used to teach Zumba a couple of years ago. I have, well, actually it's been a while now. I haven't, I haven't officially taught for almost six years, maybe a little bit less than that because I did teach a class once and I would lead. But if I'm talking like official where I was teaching regular classes, I stopped teaching regular classes in 2014. So, um, well, about six years. I stopped in May 2014. So I, um, I would, you know, I was, I, I, when I came back to Miami, because I used to teach regularly in Washington, D.C. when I lived there. When I came back home to Miami, I had an experience 
where, you know, I found this Zumba class that I really liked. And, you know, my, my, you know, one of my, the instructor, she would see me dancing and she would be like, oh, you dance really well. And stuff. And I said, oh yeah, I used to teach Zumba. So ever since then, each time I would go to class, she would have me come up and lead the class to, to at least two songs, sometimes three or join her up there. So I used to do that, you know, hmm, and cool. one day, yeah, it was, you know, she was gracious enough to share her class with me. And cause I, re- I don't, I noticed that I don't like, to, I, I don't want to teach like on a regular basis, but I do enjoy it when I feel like <laughs> Right. Like it's sort of like, oh yeah, I'll do it or something, but it's not like, I don't want to have to be like, oh yes, it's Wednesday, Thursday, whatever, you know? So when I was in the class, so one day I'm in the class and I went up there and she asked me to lead. So I went up in the front of the room and I was leading. So when I came back, this new person who was in the class, um, who hadn't been in the class that long. So she looks at me and said, Oh, you're really good. And she looks at me and she says, your competition is next to you. And I was like, I was taken aback hmm. by that comment. And I was like, what? And she looked at me and she, you know, she kind of like pointed me to this girl. Now, mind you, this girl is a girl who's been coming to class. I started going to class before her, but she started coming to class. It's been a while. She dances really well. And actually, at times, um, my the instructor would have both of us come up front. And actually, she actually ended up getting her Zumba certification. Um, she became a Zumba instructor. But at the time, she wasn't. But I would go up there more because I used to teach, you know. And I was like to myself, and it really got me thinking. But for me, the mood shifted for me. The mood in the class shifted because I've always been, I'm about, I enjoy to dance with people. I enjoy it. I never think of competing with people or feeling a certain way. Mm -hmm. But also it made me think about how there would be a time where I would go to a Zumba class and I would stay in the back. I wouldn't really fully move my body the way I would move because in a way, and then I started noticing, wait a minute, why am I like dimming my light? Because it's almost as if I didn't want to intimidate or make the, the, the instructor feel a certain way. So I started questioning, why am I doing that? And why am I thinking that this person is going to see me as a competition? Like, what is this thought that I'm having? Am I competing with people too? You know? So, you know, to make total long story, so going back to that thing, I realized it's like how we are taught and, you know, yes, and I think we do it a lot with us women, but we are taught where only one person can shine or, or something because the moment that somebody else is like shining their light as well, oh, that's an issue. Mm. And it made me realize how, you know, in, in, you know, it's so, it's something that is so steep into our culture and, you know, becoming a coach, you know, and whenever I would have to look into my niche and who do I help and what do I do, you know, I've had business coaches say, I want you to be the best coach do it. And I'm thinking, and I could never fully embrace it. And I was thinking, and it's not that I didn't think I was a great coach. It's not that I was questioning my skills. It's just that for me, I'm like, I'm not 
in a place to compete with anybody. And I kind of feel that whenever we come to a place of like, I need to be the best, I need to be the, I need to have the largest organizations, the largest group of network. Like it really shows as if we're basically saying that this is like, we need to be on the top and everybody else in the bottom because and if some and we we have to compete with other people who are like because you know most people want to be on the top so if i have to be the best it's like i'm competing with other people and it's like no like why can't and for me most my thing is like why can't i just be a great coach which is what for me is that's what i thrive to be that's what i care about is to be the best person and one of the things i've shared is that I've had people who walked away, who walked out of my Zumba classes where I used to teach. Like, I remember they, they, I went to go teach at this gym for the first time and they had another instructor and they brought me in and people were, were walking out because they didn't, I wasn't a good fit for them. And then I had to, and then I went to it and I was like, okay, I told my, the, the manager of the gym. I told him, uh, and I was teaching somewhere else and things were going away. I said to him, you know what? I'm not a fit for that class. Um, it felt bad, but I, I really was, that's one of the ways, like, when I started teaching Zumba, I learned how not everybody is for me and I'm not for everybody. And then there were places where I went, people were like, wow, where do you teach regularly? You know, so it's, um, it's really getting that. We, you know, whatever it is that we do, there's going to be people, our people are going to gravitate toward us and the people who are not for us or the people who may not like our style of coaching or teaching, whatever it is, or whatever it is that you do as you're listening to this is that it's fine, you know, and so Felicia, I don't know what you want to say about this whole, the best and the systems that are, you know, keeping this right. Place. So, um, well, it was interesting that, you know, here you were in front of the class, you're, you're leading the class through a song or two. And this person tells you that you're really good and there's your competition and you felt that shift. And so it's like, mm-hmm. to me, you were having fun, you're enjoying this moment. And then she points out your quote, your so-called, quote unquote competition and it took you out of that moment. And mm-hmm. then there's this disconnect. There's this disconnect within yourself. There's this guess now you're somehow feeling disconnected to this person. Then that you weren't <laughs> she wasn't even part of the picture. You're just up there having yeah. fun and enjoying yourself. I mean I, I did I used to do um not Zumba but Nia for those who don't know what that is, you can go to NiaNow.com to get a sense of that. But um it was a class that I used to go to for several years, not far from my house. And um, there was, and there's some certification levels with that. I never did pursue that, but yeah, I, I just went in there to enjoy myself and to have fun. I did not have your experience in the Jada with being in front of the class or anything like that. Um, I did though. I didn't stand at the very back of the class though, during each class, I was one of the ones in the front and I did what I did, but I also, and I wrote a blog post about this. You know, I also, 
allowed myself to be imperfect. I think I slipped one time. I didn't hurt injure myself or anyone else. And, you know, we were always making some sort of mistake. You know, we went left instead of right, or, you know, we kicked one foot instead of the other and, and we'd laugh and we'd have fun and we were enjoy ourselves. Mm-hmm. And there was just no need for you know, someone having to the, be the star of the class. There was no need for anyone yeah. to, I mean, the, the person that we were looking at for sure was the person who instructed the class, a woman named Therese, lovely person, but it was not about trying to one up each other or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And that was one aspect of that that I enjoyed. And I could also listen to myself. Like if there was a move that Therese did, it was usually her classes I took. There were other instructors, but I liked her classes. If there was a move that she did that I didn't, you know, it wasn't comfortable for me. I didn't force myself to do it. I didn't try to um, outshine anybody. <laughs> Certainly if I first it was like, can I do this? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to do something else. And of course, if I'm doing something else and I'm not doing what everybody else is doing, I'm not competing. I'm not, I'm just doing my own thing over here and allowing myself to do my own thing over there instead of trying to fit myself into this mold of, you know, trying to, Mm -hmm. to conform and, and do what the instructor is doing. It's, it was a postcode listening to your inner instructor. So, and I translated that into other aspects of my life, but um, my point is not to promote my blog, but to just share how for me that Nia experience was about being in my body and it was about enjoying the mm-hmm. moment. It was not about, well, I'm doing better than her because blah, blah, blah. Yes. Um, or I should be the instructor, not her. It was, and I'm not saying at all, that's what you, uh, or your experience was. It's just, I'm sharing from my bit, but, um, but yeah, it just seemed like to me, there was a shift. You're enjoying yourself. And then this woman points this out. And so now there's this loss of connection, but, and that's the thing about this strive, the striving to be the best at, you know, pick a thing, anything is that, that loss of connection with yourself. You're trying to mm-hmm. achieve some standard set by somebody else, whoever that might be, another coach, another Zumba instructor, uh, your boss at work, your family, whoever, you're trying to, to, to um, achieve a standard that's outside of who you are, that's, that's, that's mm-hmm. determined by somebody else with their set of skills, their point of view, and losing that connection to yourself as to what really works for me. But you, you, you're, you're, it, there's that sense that you're, in general, you, that you've got to be this other thing, not who you are, but this other thing and this other thing, you might as well be the best at it because here's also the thing in our capitalist society. We have this thing about competition. We have this thing about categorizing Mm, people in terms of race, in terms of class, in terms of gender, in terms of physical ability. And I'll leave it to everyone else to decide which race is better, which gender is better, which class is better. But generally speaking, we have ideas of who those folks might be. And even within the workplace, mm-hmm. it's the managers and up who are the better people and the workers, the rank and file, who are the, the independent contributors who are not as great. And even within them, it's like, well, like I worked at one place where there were the technical people and then there were the, well, quote unquote, professional people within the, the rank and file. So even that there was that separation. So there's all this separation between people. And it's based on some arbitrary category based on colonization based on socialization. 
And and then we feel like, well, if I'm in this category, category, I deserve all these things. But you're in that category, you don't. So you should just get this over here and shut up about it. Just be happy you got that. And so I think it's a setup for this feeling that, well, if I am the best at something, then I will get all the accolades mm-hmm. and the rewards. If I'm the best coach, I can sit on Oprah's couch. I can do a TED talk. I can mm-hmm. do, you know, have a best-selling book. I'll, I'll get to have lunch with Tony Robbins. I'm not sure who at this point would want to, but considering some stuff that came out about <laughs> him some time ago. But uh, anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, I wouldn't mind having lunch with Martha Beck personally. But um, so anyway, so there's, there's all this stuff around what privileges you get if you are the best. Yes. And there's also the sense that you are finally something, you are worthwhile, you have earned the favor of whoever, whatever. Um, and and so, yeah, it's a, it's a really unfortunate thing. Um, I certainly had some experience of that in school way back in the day. I won't date myself, although I probably did already in the previous episode. I'm not sure. And, you know, always trying to, you know, get, doing those, uh, always striving to make straight A's and being on the honor roll. I never made it to the top of the honor roll. It was not valedictorian. I was none of that. And, and the part, some part of me was disappointed, but at least I was on the honor roll. So I was somehow better than the people mm-hmm. who weren't. And yes, there was that, that yes. sense of things, but, but is that really, it's coming to realize that, um, well, maybe I'll save that at the end. I feel like I've talked a lot, but I'll save some stuff at the end. So. You know, now that you, as it's so interesting, because as you were th- talking, I thought about going to when I was in school in Haiti like so I guess from like first like I don't know like first grade all the way up until because I came here and I started my um, junior year in high school but and I don't remember when you talk about like the honor roll and stuff like that here but it got me thinking about you know when you were before you even shared that I was thinking, I'm like, oh, I'm going to share that when, you know, and I was like, uh, and then when you brought up the other role, it made me think of, because I was like, so in, when I was in school in Haiti, and it, I realized, oh my God, like this whole thing about being the first and being the best, because basically the way we were given our report cards is, and it was like every trimester, um, it was like you had the first in the class, the second, the third, whatever. And then you had the person that was like the last person. Mm-hmm. And that's like, like the first ones are like the best students. And it was basically the, your report card was given to you publicly with your whole class, or sometimes they might put several classes in an auditorium. So it was like, like, it really brought mm. up shades. It brought up, you know, and actually in a way, I think it's trauma. There are people that I know who say that to this day, going to school there really made them feel like they have trauma from that, from the judgment. And I was just thinking about how, well, 
you know, we've been taught since we were like kids, you know, in school and let alone the other activities and whatever we're doing where our parents want us to thrive and be the best, whatever. But even like in our school, we were taught that, you know, these students were the best students because they were the first in the class. If you, you're the first in your class, if you're not the first in your class. So it's sort of like this whole thing of like this whole competition and this whole thing of like how where you rank is your mm -hmm. work. You know, um, and it's sort of like it's it's damaging and this and it also it's created this whole competition, you know, and what it does. And, and like and there's something that you said, Felicia, that I thought that was so great. And, you know, and for a moment, I didn't think I mean, I knew it was like I knew that the mood had shifted. But I realized like what you said, and even if that's with everything that when we focus so much on this whole, you got to be the best in this whole competition, it removes yeah. the joy. It removes the, the ease that can come from whatever it is that we're taking on, the activities, the, you know, whatever, like all the good stuff that we could actually experience mm -hmm. in these moments and, in, and, and on and in participating in activities, it removes it. Because have you ever, like, for me, I've always said, I'm not competitive. The, I don't know. I mean, some people might say it's a bad thing. I'm not very competitive. I'm not, not, not much. And, um, like, in a way, because I feel like, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever, like, you just want to have a good time. And next thing you know, you see this person is competing yeah. with you. Yeah. Like it, 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 we, it, and I have to say, I've experienced that. I have experienced that, whether it was just like in a Zumba class or in a, you know, in wherever else, or just like yep. playing a game. And you're, you're, for you, this is fun. You're just in it for the fun. You're there to enjoy the moment with your friends, with other people, with family. And then suddenly, the mood has shift because you're noticing that this person, it seems to me that they are like just there to win and to beat and to be like, well, you know, I, it just, it, it well, speaking of games, you know? yeah, I, I struggle with that because I, I don't like the competitive games. I we got friends that we get together in, uh, well, we used to before the pandemic would get together and play card games, but you know, I found myself really bowing out a lot and then, and then, you know, internally, and so I'm, I guess I'm outing myself in this podcast about why now, um, but internally trying to grapple with why do I not want to play this game? And I realize it's the competition aspect. It's, it's the whole cutthroat thing. It's a whole, you know, I see this card that I need and then somebody else takes it. And then they, you know, we play usually, uh, what do we call it? Shanghai. And they go out and then I'm stuck with all these freaking cards and then we're counting the points and then like this person has less points and this person has more points and it's it's and i'm not trying i'm not mocking my friends i love them dearly i just i'm not into that and it's like i would love some time to play a card game without keeping track of points and we've done that with my in-laws and that was actually fun it's like we're just playing and yeah i mean mm -hmm. we you know mm -hmm. do a move or something that the other person you know we block them from a move or it's a disadvantage to them or or me or whoever but we're not keeping score it's just like we just play the game okay this round's over we'll play another game okay this round's mm -hmm. over 
Um, and also with my family, we just, we did a kind of an ad hoc charade sort of thing over the holidays, but there's, well, my, my nephew was getting competitive because he's a 13 year old boy, but you know, to, apart from him, we were just <laughs> enjoying it. Um, so I mean, if we can just enjoy it without worry about who's got more points or who's got less or whatever, some people think that's fun and that's fine. But I, I have come to realize I'm not really, and even if I was the winner, it's like, okay, yeah, I won the game. And so now what? I mean, it's, it, 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 it then the, what do I get a million dollars? I mean, it, it's, it's just not, yeah, I know. <laughs> it, you win and then you move on. But I just wanted to interject that. Um, yeah, no, totally. And the thing is that for me, I think sometimes like I think about it, like, let's say one group is playing it's it's a fun like sometimes there could be like a competition but it's like it's fun it's like light it's very like you know oh yes my team won oh i want to be part of your team but it's not like sometimes you can tell when it's like oh this is going mm-hmm. to a whole other level here like it's no longer fun and for me that's when i'm like actually whatever it is i don't want to play anymore whether even if it's and when I say I use the word play, but it doesn't even have to be a play. Well, I'm gonna give an example where one time I had a friend of my a friend who's a coach as well. She, you know, um, well, we're not as close anymore, but we, you know, she was a coach as well. Actually, she was actually the first person that I met who was like a life coach. And, you know, and we were like, we were like, you know, we were, I, well, she already had her business. I was starting my business. And one day we were talking and she was like, oh, you know what? Let's do something. Let's see who's going to get a, a, a client. Like the first, like who's going to get the, the second client. Like it was, and I could tell that there was some, like, it, for me, mm-hmm. it felt like a competition and I didn't want to be any part of it. Yeah. You know, I, brings to mind also I was part of a program um based in California where they have these they'd have these three-day weekends and um it was all you know business coaching type stuff and how to get clients and um and it was it was like two parts of it there was a first part of it that was three days and then there was another part of it that was three days which for me, me meant a lot of travel because I live out here um on the east coast so um so yeah, I, I managed that how I managed it, which is a whole other story. But ultimately what um, these, the, at the end of the first set of the three days, they would have this thing where everybody would form a group and within the group, you're all supposed to go out there and get clients and the group that got the most clients, they would get some sort of prize. I think it was in the form of money. And I just, I cringed every time we got to that point. I'm just like, I really don't want to be a part of this. And it, it, it's mm-hmm. to me, it shouldn't be about you know, trying to, to sell something, sell service to a client shouldn't be, it, there's something wrong with it, uh, with, with doing that in order to win a competition. And it, I, they, to them, it was fun. To them, it was just, yeah, this would be fun, exciting activity. Woohoo. And, and people came up with theme names and some of those theme names were very adult oriented. I don't remember some of them. I was just like, really? No. Um, but yeah, it's just, <laughs> I, I didn't get much joy out of it. I, I didn't get any joy out of it. I bowed out of that completely. Even when I did 
I was in a group with some folks, but part of the deal was that we were supposed to meet by phone and compare notes. Nobody ever did. And then Chris, around that time, my uncle died. So I had other pressing issues. Um, so yeah, it was just not really fun for me to, to handle it that way. But that's, and I think mm-hmm. I've seen stuff, you know, Facebook challenges from other coaches the, along the lines of getting clients or making a certain amount of money or doing a certain amount of Facebook lives or doing, you know, some, something or other, if you are the most to do this or you're the most consistent or the most, whatever, um, then you will get some, you'll get a star. And, um, I find those to be a real turnoff. I also recognize that I am an anomaly in a lot of ways, but, um, that's, that's not how I roll. Totally. And you know, actually, now that you're saying that, I wanted to share how, remember, this is called <laughs> Misfit Island. So Felicia and I are both misfits. And maybe you're listening to us and you're actually getting like maybe you're like oh wow this I thought something was like wrong with me because that's exactly how I feel well we want you to know that no there's nothing wrong with you you're just a misfit like us like you you know you're you're I don't know if I call it the word you're using anomaly but basically we're we're different not there's no better and just like if you're listening to this and maybe this doesn't resonate with you it is totally fine because, and maybe you could, maybe if it doesn't resonate with you, but you may know people that maybe who have expressed the same sentiment that we're sharing, well, maybe that will help you understand that not all of us think the same or are interested in the same things or feel the same. And it's totally fine, you know, um, because I know for me, like as Felicia, as we we're sharing ourselves, I'm also, there's a part of me that is saying, well, I know some people are thinking, what's wrong with these, <laughs> these women? What's wrong well, with we... these girls? You know what I mean? But it's like, no, it, we're, we're misfits. It's because what maybe the, what most people may be interested in or what some people may be for them, they, they thrive in it. They, they're okay with it. For us, it just doesn't resonate. And I really listening to our body, like, cause I know for me, Whenever I hear this whole competition or something, why right there, the joy, the everything is out. Like I can sense it in my body. My body tells me. Well, so, I can yeah, say we've certainly, Felicia, sorry. well, I can certainly speak for myself and you probably have too. clocked many hours thinking, what is wrong with me? And so um, if I got paid for that <laughs> amount of time, shoot, I would probably be the world's richest woman. Um because <laughs> good grief I know right but yeah I mean I'm certainly not here you know I'm not talking about downing people who thrive on competition and want to be the best at everything or something or whatever and that's their their goal in life and that's fabulous it there is an alternative way to be and um and recognizing that that's okay too and, you know, and maybe there's some give and take here mm-hmm. and there where you do get involved in some company field day thing because, you know, some some companies still do that, still try to engage employees and have fun and games and you play tug of war or 
um, whatever that thing is where you put one leg in a sack, a sack race or, you know, something like that. And, you know, that's, that's all fine and good. Or, you know, you, you're a runner and um, you want to do better than you did last year. Or, you know, my, a friend of mine, <laughs> but I do have a funny story about that. My friend, Lori, dear, dear friend from, for a long, 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 long time. And, and she may be mentioned sometimes on our show as we go along. Um, we did this four yeah. mile walk in January at the Whitewater Center, not far from where I live. And um, I didn't do it this year with her. She did with her kids and some other people. But the year before, she and I decided that we were going to try to be the last ones <laughs> to cross the finish line. And we, so we, we tried to, to, you know, we right, tried to take our time, which was not hard to do because it had rained a lot and it was money, it, you know, muddy and, and there were some hills and we kept slipping. So yeah, there was that. Um, but no, it turned out we weren't last. There was still somebody behind us. So we were trying to be last. We were not trying to be first. So um, just to share that a little bit. But but there are some people who are most, probably most mm-hmm. people, I don't know, <laughs> lots of people who are on the opposite end of that. They're like, next time I'm doing that race, I am going to be first or I'm going to be second or I'm going to do better than I did last year. And that's fine too. But if I were to do that again, I might be like on the side of, yeah, I'm going to try to be last again. <laughs> so um, anyway, I wanted to interject that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for sure, um, we're all different stripes. We all have different approaches. And um, yeah, we're all going to manage things the in different ways. And part of my journey for sure and in the work that I do with people is helping them to see that they have their own. I mean, we talk about being authentic, right? There's always this talk about being authentic. Well, part of being authentic yes. is recognizing that you have your own centers of joy. You have your own way of being. And yeah, yes. everybody else might like this thing, but if you don't, that's okay. <laughs> and you don't have to. And, mm-hmm. and I know, I think, it might be obvious. Some might be saying, well, duh, yeah, but it's it's a little harder than it sounds to navigate the world when everybody's mm-hmm. going one way and you're going the other. They go left, you go right. Yeah, definitely. And and you know what it is, too? It's And again, it's like you were saying, which it has to do with authenticity. Like, you know, it's really knowing who you are. Like, like for example, although I think some people may not think so from social media and even like family, well, more like relatives and whatever people that I know that they'll be like, oh, like if I go to a party and they're like, oh, come on, dance, dance. And then just the other day was my sister-in-law's birthday and we got together just like a few of us with social distancing and music was playing and her brother was like, Oh, Liz, you see, this is what I don't like about you. When she's on social media, because I post videos of my, my private dancing parties, because, hey, I mean, I'm home alone. And he's like, online, this is her. But when we're all together, because what people don't understand, like, for me, I actually enjoy dancing with people. When I'm in a gathering at a party, I want people to join me and dance, even if I'll lead it. But I don't, I, I actually don't, I don't, I'm, there is something, I don't know, I'm kind of shy when the attention is on me and it's on me only. So 
it you know i enjoy it but i enjoy better you know dancing with others you know and it's like that's mm-hmm. the thing that i know about me and and being my authentic self i know that's what that's what works for me you know so there's something i wanted to just touch on that we you know how you know i'm not saying that we all have to be like partnering with other people and we have to be collaborating or anything like that like i think it's great cuz i think the world we actually need more partnerships we need more collaborations i mean we'll have a whole other topic about that but i know many times we often talk about especially in my homeland haiti or even in other places where many times what happens is you have many organizations doing the same work where really we could have less organizations and more partnerships you know um like mm-hmm. let's create like reinventing the wheel but i also think that you know sometimes coming from that place of like being the best and especially coming from an individualistic view you know lens we we know we're not partnering we're not collaborating and we could probably have a bigger impact and make a bigger difference if we were doing those things but because we have to be that best and we have to be at the top and sometimes we want to be at the top alone <laughs> or you know that's what we've been taught um sometimes i've had i've had i've heard some people um basically convincing somebody to not get into a partnership because of the fact that they may have to share the you know the profits they have to share the spotlight or whatever it is you know so i just think that sometimes i also think that this is a this is kind of sort of a negative effect as well with this whole thing of being the best and this competition that we can actually really miss out on great partnerships and collaborations and really being able to make change happen probably even make change happen sooner if we were to um maybe take a step back from the whole thing of like me being on top alone and me being the best and instead of looking at it from a more collective well if we're going to make you um if we're going to try to make some changes in society that of that impact the collective it makes sense to work in a more collective and cooperative basis i mean one person mm-hmm. can't change the system on their own i know there have been attempts to do that um mm-hmm. we've seen some of that recently <laughs> but it's not not going to be that that that's, that historically has not been how it works now there might be a leader like martin luther king like malcolm x like joan of arc um there might be someone who does the leading but there's still a number of people that have also got to be involved to make that change and in order for that those changes to happen people got to work together we've all got different skill sets we've all got different ability some people can yes. be on the front lines and put their skin in the game and risk being arrested and some mm-hmm. people can't because of disabilities or some other issue that really doesn't have to be anybody's business but it it, it it's and or they just don't have the ability or capability it, it's just right not their strengths That's we all have our strengths strength. and weaknesses and and so somehow working together mm-hmm. To, to make 
changes that is a to me is a better proposition and historically has proven so one woman did not create more equality among men and women one person did not make it so that you know, gay people can get married it's 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 a number a lot of people working together a lot of people make making sacrifices some some sacrifices were unfortunate so um i i I don't see how we can make the changes our society needs with one person saying i have all the answers i have all the strength anyone who does that run run far (laughs) away run just don't look back definitely no definitely definitely and actually i was actually you know, as you were saying, like people like Martin Luther King, there were other people who were involved that we just didn't know about. It's sort of like, I know many times people talk about that sometimes the names that we know from the civil rights movement, there were a lot more people involved who were part of the who were part of the movement and really doing the work. We just right. don't know their names because they were not in the front lines. You know, uh, just like with what's happening now. There are some people that are like, really, you can see, you hear about them all the time. You hear, you know, but there are people that you have no idea because we people have different strengths. And the other day I was, I mean, now that we're talking about that specifically, but just to mention it, the other day I saw there was a, there's a graphic, there's an image where, that talks about your different strengths as a protester. And how there are different ways that there are people who are like the front lines that protest is their thing. You know, that, but I guess I'm not sure if I'll call it. I guess it is a way of protesting or like mm-hmm. making a difference in the movement that's currently happening around racism. And they talked about and they even mentioned the people who are like there to help others with their mental health. With, the, you know, that they're a part of it. They may not be in the front line, but they're part of it. And but we're, we may not be hearing about them. You know, and and many others. They were talking about people who are like making sure that right. there are supplies, you know, for the pro- protesters for whenever there's like tear gas or something, so they have the water, the milk, and the, you know that. So just to say, that's a collective effort. So um, and again, I'm not saying everything needs that many, you know, people involved, but just wanted to say how with the mindset sometimes of like doing things on our own and wanting to be the best and the top, sometimes we can probably um, miss out on a great opportunity to make an impact, obviously, if that's your, um, that's yeah, your goal. That's, you know? I'm, so, I'm thinking okay. that you know, certainly this, this desire to be the best also hampers with connection with others, but we need connections of, with others to make changes, whether it's the, mm-hmm. whether it's the changes on the, a grand scale or even on a more, a relatively minor scale, um, and whatever that looks like. Um, I'm blitzing out on examples right now, but in order to, to work with other people, there's also got to be some sort of connection there, some sense of connection there that's devoid of the sense of competition or being better than or, you know, having a power over type relationship or, you know, it's more collaborative. And so, and then you can both be mm-hmm. the best at the thing or the 
worst. You can, I mean, that's, that can be good too. Um, I know it doesn't, okay, maybe not. <laughs> that's, that's not yeah. very convincing. Um, so yeah, it's just, <laughs> I guess my, my, my pointing to not only, um, does the striving to be the best can hamper with your own sense of joy, one's own sense of joy with whatever it is that they're doing or trying to do, whether it's a fun activity like dancing or something more serious like your job. But it can also interfere with connection with others. It can also interfere, like, well, in the workplace, if you need to organize. Definitely. How can you organize if your perspective is, well, yeah, I like Joe over there, but he, she, they uh, are not, you know, they're just a worker. I'm a manager. How can I collaborate with this person? It's, there's that that kind of mindset that's not going to help make changes in the workplace or if the workers themselves are saying well yeah you know, i can't work with this person because of their their gender their some bias rather you know i'm just gonna say some some sort of bias they have about this person mm-hmm. that makes that makes them uh perceive that person as less than it's um yeah, it interferes with that connection. You need that connection if people want to organize in the workplace and make it a better place. There needs to be that uh, a way to connect with each other to make that happen. And if nothing else, you know, at least if you're not trying to organize, you just want to have a bar buddy after work on a Wednesday night or something. Then there's that too. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I think that's something I I wanted to make sure I said if I hadn't said it already. Yes, I, I love that. And I really, well, I don't know if there's anything I wanted to, if we're, I don't know if you want to say anything else, but I just wanted to say to let, I think it's such an important point that I I didn't come in here to share like to, about this, but I think it's so important that thing that you shared about connection. Because I know for me, whenever you somebody pulls out that competitive side of mm. them, I don't feel connected to them anymore. So it really robs us of connection, connecting with people. And we, I mean, we're humans. We, we thrive on connection. We desire. Yeah. We see that with the having to isolate ourselves with the pandemic and how people, a certain number of people have gotten tired of that because they're missing their friends are missing their family. They're missing, you know, hanging out at a restaurant with a hundred other people or it's, it's, um, we, we have, And even as an introvert, I do have a need to connect, maybe not as much as some of my extroverted friends, but um, there's, we, we have that need to connect, Mm -hmm. but when we're around someone who's like, you know, you, you share a story about something that's happening in your life, or if you have kids, you share something that, you know, little Johnny or, or Jojo, or I don't know, Kaylee, I don't know what the popular names are now. Um, if you, you share with something that your kids did, and then you got this person is like, well, I got a, a, a star at work. I got a merit <laughs> increase at work. And well, my kid, they're going to write an article for the Guardian next week, and they're only in fourth grade. And yeah, so it's just always that, that one-upmanship. <laughs> I, not, not. Not the one upper, but just interacting, and yeah, you can still share what you you've accomplished or your kids have have accomplished, and but in a way that's not, well, I'm you know look at me or look at my kid or whoever in a way that's not, um, yeah, competitive, I guess. 
Yeah, and it and it's still in it. You know what? Where you just shared that one upper, one upper, that is very much from that um, that you know belief that thing that that is ingrained in us that society has taught us. We've we've learned it at home. We learned it in school. We learned it, and now we're even as entrepreneurs, we're learning it in our businesses when we're working with people. Whatever is like we, it like in order like we have to share something to say. I mean, I'm not saying we don't all do it, but many times the other person does it. Why? It's because for them, they have to say, "Oh well, I'm better than you," or mm-hmm. "Oh, you've got that going on. Let me tell you what I've got going on." Because it's almost as if by somebody else sharing what's going on with them, if I don't have anything to yeah. say, then yeah. it means I'm a loser. Yeah, I, I have certainly felt that way from time to time um, in a number of situations. And but mm-hmm. um, Yeah, me too. I think one other thought I wanted Definitely. to leave with um, is that as far as trying to be the best, I think... It, it can be useful, like, you know, I use the example of the four-mile trail race. You know, if you did it last year or you did it earlier this year, rather, or whenever, sometime this year, and you decided, well, yeah, this is great, but I could do better. And, yeah, by all means, have at it. You know, you, you know like reaching your personal best. Um, and that applies to what, you know, any endeavor, you know, you did this mm-hmm. painting, but you know, you, you want to do something better than that painting or you, um, you know, you, yeah, there's probably a number of examples I can interject here, but you know, there's this thing about personal best, yeah, by all means. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if that's, you know, what gets you going, if that's what's motivating, if that's what's energizing, I still want to fall back to like authenticity and joy and to use those for starters is probably mm-hmm. more as guides as far yes. as what that looks like not trying to meet some outer standard or trying to please somebody else or just trying to um, impress a bu- you know, one person, a bunch of people, whatever it's, I mean, if those do those things happen, then you know, it's icing on the cake and all that. And cake is still good without icing. But if it's your own thing and it's based on your own sense of joy, your own authentic desire, and that's what I would suggest. Definitely. And I, I second that. It's so important that we pay attention to that. Definitely. And embrace it, you know. Um, I, I I second that. So, okay. So we would love to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts. Give us the feedback. Leave us a review. That's how people will find. Not only we want to hear from you, but also that is how people will find our podcast and will be able to listen and um, share with us, learn, and you know whatever you know. Just hear us share our conversations with them so nope i um, think that's it and i i'm suddenly wishing i had cake okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually actually i I want something sweet right now too (laughs) definitely okay so thank you for listening thank you for joining us come back please so yes okay bye yes definitely